This is an ABC podcast. Fierce. Girl This is the story of the girl who is the voice of space, Andrea Boyd, read by netballer Gabby Simpson. Do, 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 do. Space, the final frontier. Andrea Boyd loved the TV science fiction series Star Trek. Do, 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 do. The Starship Enterprise. Its magnificent mission to bravely go where no man has gone before. Andrea paused. Hang on a minute, she thought. I wonder why they say where no man has gone before. I'm going to be a space woman one day. When 10-year-old Andrea wasn't at school, playing sport, reading, conducting science experiments, or staring at the TV, she was staring at the sky. She lived in country South Australia, one of the best places in the entire universe for stargazing. Andrea could spot the Milky Way and the Southern Cross faster than the speed of light. But it wasn't until she discovered her beloved Star Trek that she figured out a plan to reach the stars herself. Shh. Andrea hushed her parents. Belana Torres is on. Belana Torres was Andrea's favourite Star Trek character. She was like her. Well, except for the fact that Belana was half Klingon. That's an alien from a made-up planet called Kessick 4. But Balana was a girl just like Andrea. She had long brown hair, just like Andrea. And she was super smart, just like Andrea. Balana was also the chief engineer aboard the starship USS Voyager. I'm not exactly sure what an engineer is, Andrea admitted but I'm going to become one too so that I can make everything in space work and fix everyone's problems, just like Balana. Earth to Andrea. Earth to Andrea. Dinner's ready. When Andrea was a teenager, she was mesmerised by the world's best engineers as they created the most epic work of genius she could ever imagine, the International Space Station. It's like a borderless planet made from Lego, Andrea said. Everyone is working together to go where no man or woman has gone before. It's like the Federation Klingon truce in Star Trek. What Andrea meant was, she was so inspired by the way people from all different backgrounds and nationalities worked as a team to build the International Space Station. The station itself is a spacecraft that orbits around the Earth. It's the size of a football field, but made up of different parts called modules that were all built by different countries and then launched into space where they were all put together, like Lego. And it's a place where astronauts live and conduct science experiments, all under the instruction of cool, calm and collected flight controllers back on Earth. Earth to Andrea... Earth to Andrea, I told you, dinner's ready. That's it, Andrea thought. Earth to mum, Earth to mum, I'll be there in a minute. 
Andrea had just realised what she was put on this earth to do. She wouldn't just be an engineer. She would work in mission control. Andrea Boyd would become the voice of Earth. Andrea adjusted her headset as sunbeams scattered across her screen. The International Space Station orbits the Earth once every 90 minutes. That means it sees a sunrise and sunset about every 45 minutes. And Andrea gets to view it all from her console room at the European Astronaut Centre in Germany. Station, this is Eurocom, Andrea said into her microphone. Good morning. An astronaut's voice boomed back. Copy and good day, Eurocom. Is that our favourite Aussie flight controller? How do you hear us? Andrea laughed. She was the only Aussie flight controller working for the International Space Station. Good as gold, Station. Enjoy that sunrise. Andrea had lived in 95 countries by the time she made it to her job with the International Space Station. Sometimes she felt disappointed for Australia because it didn't seem to be as interested in space as lots of other countries. There were other mission controls in the US, Russia, Canada and Japan. Aussies don't know what they're missing, Andrea thought. This is the most awesome job in the universe. Andrea took part in regular emergency simulations, like rehearsals, in case anything ever went dreadfully wrong inside the space station. The constant practice meant she always felt relaxed and ready, ready and relaxed. Station, this is Eurocom, do you copy? Andrea made sure her voice was calm. Panic could send everyone into a spin. The alarm meant there was an ammonia leak at the station. And this time, it wasn't a drill. If you breathe it in, it can burn your nose, throat and airways. It can also burn your skin. And if you get it in your eyes, you can go blind. In other words, an ammonia leak in a confined space, like the International Space Station, is a bona fide catastrophe. Copy, Eurocom. This is Station. How do you hear us? Copy, Station. There is a toxic atmosphere alarm sounding. Copy, Eurocom. We have fitted our ammonia masks and we're moving to a sealed area near our Soyuz. A Soyuz is a carrier rocket. They're also potential escape crafts in case the astronauts need to make a speedy exit from the space station in an emergency. An emergency like an ammonia leak. Andrea buzzed the head of the astronaut centre and the on-ground doctor. Her heart raced as the console room filled with important people. Important and anxious people. We've worked through the ammonia response procedure, Andrea said. All seems to be running smoothly. The alarm stopped. Eurocom, this is station. How do you hear us? Andrea's shoulders slumped with relief. Copy station, are you okay? No worries here, Aussie mate. We're all safe. It was a rare false alarm. Andrea logged the event and signed off from her shift. When no one was watching, she sunk to the floor and took the deepest, longest breaths she'd ever breathed. Thank goodness, she whispered. If there was a real ammonia leak, that would be the end of the space station. 
and that would be the worst news in the universe. But Andrea's most nerve-wracking moment at Mission Control had nothing to do with an emergency. She was about to check her backup radio system when a voice called down the line. Eurocom, let's not count up and down to ten this time. Let's tell a joke. Andrea gulped. She was no comedian. And you have to tell the joke in German for our German astronaut. Andrea panicked. She didn't speak German, not fluently. With five minutes to spare before her radio test, Andrea figured out the German translation of her favourite daggy dad joke. Eurocom, are you ready? <clears throat> Andrea cleared her throat. Karn in kangaroo har springen allen house? Ja, while in an house nicked springen Khan. Giggles trickled down the line from the space station and the other mission controls. Andrea's joke was, can a kangaroo jump higher than a house? Yes, because a house can't jump. It was a little lame, but the astronauts just loved hearing an Aussie say kangaroo. Andrea decided enough was enough. Australia needed to catch up with the rest of the universe and start caring more about the space industry. Should we really be spending our taxes on rockets? People asked. Don't we have enough problems to deal with here on Earth? Man has already walked on the moon. That'll do, won't it? Andrea sighed. It was clear Australians in general didn't understand how important space was in their everyday lives. Do you know what a satellite is? She asked. Do you realise modern life as you know it wouldn't last for five minutes if it wasn't for satellites in space? We'd have no GPS, no apps, no ATMs, no live TV, no internet in remote communities, no bushfire and flood monitoring, no surf reports. It's all thanks to humans in space. Andrea spoke to academics, business leaders, politicians and anyone who would listen. Australia needs a space agency, she declared. And, eventually, the academics, the business leaders, politicians and anyone who would listen did listen. The Australian Space Agency was opened. Australia's brightest young sparks, like Andrea, wouldn't have to move overseas to follow their dreams if they didn't want to. They could reach for the stars from their own backyard. Hi, I'm your new work experience student. Andrea did a double take at the girl in her console. She was just like her, except for the fact she was a high schooler and Andrea was a grown woman. But. She had long brown hair, just like Andrea. She loved Star Trek, just like Andrea. And she travelled all the way to Germany because her home country didn't have a space program, just like Andrea. Welcome to Mission Control, Andrea said. Let me show you. Science fact is even better than science fiction. On her final day, the girl admitted to Andrea that she almost didn't make it. My dad wasn't going to let me come because girls don't usually go to school or work in my culture, she said. But I told him there was a woman space engineer working here. 
so it's clearly possible. I told him, she makes everything in space work and fixes everyone's problems. I'm going to be just like her. Her name is Andrea Boyd, and she's the voice of Earth. How out of this world is Andrea Boyd? Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fierce Girls. My name's Gabby Simpson, and I'm a netball player, captain of the Queensland Firebirds, and a physio student. Make sure you check back soon for the next episode of Fierce Girls. It's all about the pioneering politician Edith Cowan, who changed the rules by becoming the very first woman in Australia to be elected. Breathe, Edith whispered. You can do this. She was standing on stage at a gathering of smart, determined women. She joined their debating club to conquer her shyness, as you do, and she was about to try public speaking for the very first time. Good afternoon. My name is Edith Cowan. Today, I would like to discuss the inequality of women in Australia. Her voice shook with nervousness, but she persisted. I have met too many battered wives and children, and I believe the law should be changed so that women are no longer prisoners in their houses and so that their husbands can no longer treat them like possessions. I believe we need to build refuges for women fleeing from unsafe homes. I know what it's like to live in an unsafe home. My father was a murderer. (gasps) The audience was mesmerised by Edith. She rose to the highest ranks of society and joined more than 40 organisations formed to make the country a fairer place. But Edith's fans knew she'd need to make her speeches somewhere loftier if she wanted to make the greatest difference possible. She'd need to become a politician and fight for change in the West Australian Parliament. The problem was, no woman had ever been elected. To hear more awesome episodes of Fierce Girls for free, go to the ABC Listen app or anywhere you get your podcasts. And stay fierce, my friends. Roll the credits. Fierce Girls is produced by a bunch of super fierce women and a couple of snazzy guys. It's produced by Tamar Cranswick and Sam Wicks. The executive producers are Justine Kelly and Rachel Fountain. The stories are written by the uber-talented Samantha Turnbull. David LeMay is the amazing audio engineer who puts in all the cool sound effects like this one. Fierce Girls is a production of ABC Audio Studios. If you need more fierceness in your life, make sure you check back soon for the next episode of Fierce Girls. We've made it just for you. Over and out.